You're listening to the Voice of One podcast. Subscribe, contact us, and learn more at voiceofonepodcast.com. Now, here's your host, Terrence Clark. Hello, this is Terrence Clark, and you're listening to the Voice of One podcast, and we're here with you again for another exciting time and journey into the Word of God. And we've been talking about the glory of God on the last podcast, and we'll be continuing this until the Holy Spirit directs us differently. Look, I'm so glad that you join in and you're a part of this. Stay in there with us. Ride this thing out to see what the Holy Spirit will reveal in our time together. And I know you could have listened to anybody else. And we're not the only one that has a word from God. I mean, number one, we believe that you are reading your Bible and you're praying. The Holy Spirit's revelation on the inside of you is the greatest podcast that you can ever have. However, we thank God that he is given to the body of Christ in Ephesians chapter 4, that he's given to some prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, apostles. hope I got all five in there. For the equipping and perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So God has given fivefold ministry, even with our relationship with him. Because everybody's relationship with God, who are born again, is saved to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It's a personal relationship. As the word says that in the New Testament, that we have need of no man to teach us anything, because we got the Holy Spirit. Now, some people take that, well, I don't have to go to church, I don't have to listen to a preacher. No, it just means that the revelation of God, of the Bible, of the God of love, of who he is, he is personal and intimate to us. We don't have to wait for somebody else, some leader, some spiritual head to validate us. We don't have to do penance. We don't have to pay somebody for our salvation or shake somebody's hand. We don't have to belong to somebody, uh, particular somebody's church. Our salvation does not come from a human being, whereas somebody was just like you and me. Our salvation comes from God. It comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. It comes from the God who came to earth as a man, being all, and then all God and all man who took on the cross and bore you and my sins and the sins of the whole world in his body. Having never sinned before, Jesus bore our sins, took it, because we couldn't pay for it. We had sinned. We had messed up. We were contaminated spiritually. But Jesus, the Lamb of God, who never sinned, he took you and my sins and took it and, and died on the cross, became the sacrifice, the payment for you and our sins, and then nailed those sins to the cross forever. That sin no longer, if you're a believer, look, listen to me, listen to the Bible, listen to the Word of God, read First John chapter 1, read Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and 2, read Romans chapter 3, verse 23 and 24, and other places by he that knew no sin, was made to be sin, that we could be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And the Bible talks about that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away and all things have become new. Romans 8, 1 to 2 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to us, or I put the us in it to you, who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. First John talks about, says that even if we sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I saw that one day, that I've been cleansed from all unrighteousness, and I said, look, the devil doesn't have anything on me, and God is not holding anything against me. The blood of Jesus has cleansed me, and that's talk about you too. If you have put your faith 
and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that, that freedom doesn't mean that we won't sin after the fact. Get it? After the fact. After what fact? That Jesus died on the cross for your sins and that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. After what fact? That when you come to Jesus as your Lord and Savior that his blood cleanses you from all sin and unrighteousness. Oh, I, I love St. John. We're not going to go there right now, but I love St. John chapter 3. Jesus gives the reference back to Nicodemus, the great teacher, scholar, Back in that day, Nicodemus came to Jesus by night, wanted to know about this born-again thing, wanted to know who Jesus was, and, and then wanted to know about this born-again thing, because Jesus said, you got to be born again. Nicodemus didn't understand it, and Jesus gave the illustration of an event that happened in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, when Israel was in the wilderness, and they got to running their mouth and complaining about God had delivered them so much, and now they're complaining against Moses and, and God sent. The Bible said the Hebrew Old Testament is sent. And you run a reference to that, God allowed because the serpents were already out there. And it was God that was protecting them from the mess and the evil that was out there. But when they got in complaining and murmuring, they got to a place where they literally held God's hand from their protection. And the Bible said that the fiery serpents came and bit them. But God, because he loves us. You know, we can mess up. That doesn't change God's love for us. And God told Moses, here's what we're going to do. Take brass. Make an image out of brass in the shape of one of those serpents. And I like to look at it. I, I, I believe, I got some proof to it, but I believe the Superman emblem that you see on Superman's crest, I believe that somewhere subconsciously, the creators of Superman, that's where they got it from. And Superman in the newer movie says, it's not an S. It's a symbol of hope. And it's so true. And that serpent was put on a pole. And it's held up. And God said, hold it up. They told Moses, hold it up. And whoever would just look upon it, he said, they would be healed, saved. In that case, saved for what? Saved from dying from that serpent's bite. And God told the Nicodemus and ultimately to all of these, he said, the same way Jesus, to talk about himself, will be lifted up on the cross. That whoever would believe on him, in another place to believe in him, you believe in him, you believe that he is the one that God sent. To do the job. To pay the price. You believe on him. You believe that what he did was good enough. You get it? What Jesus did was good enough to pay the price. And who he is. He is the one. See, there was other people that hung on the cross. But only Jesus Christ was the one that could pay the penalty for our sins for eternity. I don't know about you, but that's enough to get you saved again. Even if you are saved. And if you're not saved, all you got to do is believe on Jesus. The Bible said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I know there's so many different kinds of ways that people preach salvation. Well, you got to do this, you got to do that. And Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 is the textbook message of getting saved. No matter what, what else you do or how you came to know the Lord, you needed to have done it the way it was done in Romans. And that is believe in your heart. Believe in your heart what? That God has raised Jesus from the dead. In other words, believe in your heart that Jesus is the one that died for your sin. That's why he was on that cross. He died for your sins and you're my sins and sins of the old world. That if we would believe on him and we would believe in our heart. That's faith. We weren't there when it happened. We believe in our heart because we read it in the Bible and it was preached to us and we heard that yes, 
there's an answer to all the darkness that I've been experiencing. There's an answer to all the confusion that I've been experiencing. There's an answer to all the the loneliness and the and the ugliness that I've been been experiencing and the lack of peace. There's an answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. And I believe by faith because when I read it in the Bible, and God said in the Bible, it includes, you see, no other book that says that that includes the whole world, that the God that created it is the one that came to save you. And when we read it in the was preached to us, the Bible says that you are a sinner because you're in the world and sin came in the whole world because of what Adam did. The Bible says that. And the Bible says, but there's a way out through Jesus Christ. So by faith, we believe what the Bible says concerning Jesus Christ. And when we believe what he said happened and he, what he did, did it, we dare acknowledge that and proclaim it by faith. And we say, I believe that. That's what you said. I believe that. I believe, Jesus, you are my Savior. You are my Lord. When you did that, that's faith. You put faith in what he did. And when you did that, but here, here's what happened. The separates the Bible from anything else. And I mean, you can say you believe in Hercules all you want, but there won't be anything going to happen. You can say you believe in Wonder Woman. Dun, 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 dun. You can say you can believe in that all you want, but then guess what? Nothing's going to happen. You can say you believe in President Trump all you want, but there's not going to be any confirming manifestation that happens to you. But guess what? When you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, there will be a supernatural transformation that takes place on the inside of you. Your old spirit, which was dead, cut off from God, no life in that thing. When you confess Jesus as Lord and make him, allow him to be Lord of your life, your spirit, the switch gets turned on. It's like the electric company reconnecting you back to the power after being cut off in service. And your spirit comes alive. It's like a dry kernel of popcorn exploding into a white fluffy thing that never existed before. That's what happened. We're going to take a break right now and we're going to get into this. We're going to get into this article and then we're going to get back into talking about the glory of God. Well, it's all talking about the glory of God. This is talking about the glory of God. So this is Terrence Carter. Listen to the break. We'll be right back. At New Pod City, we are your neighbors. You know us, and we know you. New Pod City is where you go for all things podcast-related. We're living in a golden age right now. I mean, anybody can just open up a laptop, jack in a mic, just start talking, and before they even realize what's happening, they have a worldwide listening audience. We advise you on the type of equipment to use, offer training, distribution, monetization, and guidance to ensure you sound amazing. Don't think you have to sound like anybody else. Don't let people try and shave off everything original about you. Hey, I talk fast, I have a New York accent, but you know what? That'll appeal to somebody. With three levels to choose from, we got your budget covered. Mayor Frank Sasso and his team have award-winning podcast production skills, which make the New Pod City family a truly unique team dedicated to art and craft of producing and distributing high-quality audio productions, voiceovers, celebrity impressions, and most of all, podcasts. You no longer have to go searching for content to listen to. You can sit down and create your own content, your own show. You can create your own show. One of the things my team and I do is sit around and think about the kind of shows we would listen to, and then we just create them. Visit us today at newpodcity.com or call 609-222-2691 for more information. Now is the time to stake your claim with a podcast. New Pod City, there's a new breed of podcaster. So, in my article, I thought this would be the best way to get there. It's just a good writing to the article. 
on VoiceCNC.com. And we're looking at a series of articles called The Year of the Glorious Church. And we're on article number one. When we got this as a revelation that the Lord gave us at the end of 2016. And we shared it as we said earlier. And the Lord told me that, well, you got to write this down. You know, the Bible says in Habakkuk, told the prophet said, the vision is for an appointed time. And he tells them to write it down so that they that read it may run with it. So this is what uh, we're instructed to do, to write it down so that those that read it can run with it and be engaged with, I believe, what God is doing in the glorious church. So I want to read a little bit from the article. 2017 shall be called the year of the glorious church. It shall be marked by expanses of the glory in the church, the expanses of the glory of the Lord. And the Lord continues to say that these are critical times. And although a time of wonders, it shall be a time of answers. I am perhaps somewhat late in releasing those words. As I explained to that, I didn't get the article out until a couple months into the year, even though we have been sharing this. At least in written form, although I've shared and preached it, prophetically the Holy Spirit gives me a word for the collective body of Christ every year, whereas I believe that the word is significant to the whole church. Um, if someone reading doesn't believe that God still speaks to his people prophetically as in accordance to the gifts of spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 10 and chapter 14 verse 17, then read this article as a preaching. So um, you didn't get it and believe that God still speaks to prophets today, that's okay. Just take it as a message, some good insight from a preacher. A whole point to get it, where you at. You know, we're not in a time of doom and gloom, not, not for the church. For the world, yep, there's some crazy people out there in the world. There's some crazy terrorists out there. There's some, just some crazy people out there doing a lot of stupid stuff. But for the body of Christ, for the church, if you're saved, and I emphasize, if you're saved, it is not a time of gloom and doom. It's a time to really to get excited that God is storing some awesome and some glorious things in the day we live in. Look, we want to get into this a little bit more when we get over and back into the subject on the glories we've been talking about in these last podcasts. I was in several tent meetings in the last month or so. One at the time of this podcast, just weekend past. We're under the tabernacle, and I, and I love tent, tent meetings. And those of you not familiar with tent meetings, Tent meetings used to be prominent going back in the 60s, 70s, and and then go back as far as I can go. But going back, the tent meetings, they're live, open-air revival meetings or praise and worship meetings, revival evangelistic meetings held under the tent. It's live air, but with the covering of a tent. And the effect, because it brings the gospel... And the worship got out of the four walls of the church building, puts it right down in the street. Now, those of you listening, I, I tell you, the Lord told me also, I don't have it in this prophecy, I don't think, but he's bringing back that day. He's bringing back the tents. And, I, and it's multifold because the tents not only is a covered place and open air, but guess what? You and I, if we're born again and have God living inside of us, we are tents. Because we are live, open-air revelations of God, of who He is. We are God outside of the four walls. So the uniqueness of a tent is that it can be erected anywhere. You can hammer down the nails, the spikes, and move it from here to here. Well, that's what you, every day that you go to your job, or every time you go to a new job, every time you go to your job, every time you go to a store, every time you go on vacation, 
is the tent being picked up and being planted in a particular area amongst people who may not have come into the four walls of the church. You get that. Well, inside of the tent, and we're going to go back to some of the early tent meetings, way back into the Bible in the days of the tabernacle of Moses, and also in Solomon's day, even with the erection of the temple. But back in, God gave Moses a design for the tabernacle. The tabernacle was a tent. And inside of that tent, where the children of Israel could connect with the God of heaven. And not only do they connect, but the presence of God was seen from all those surrounding that tent. All the nations surrounding, they could see the God, the presence of God. God will come down in the holies of holies of that tent with his Shekinah glory in his presence. And he would lead Israel by night and a cloud by day. And when the cloud didn't move or the fire didn't move, they knew it was this is the place where they were to erect the tent. And God would fellowship and worship with his people through the priests and ultimately to the people. And we talked about that in the earlier broadcast, how God's desire and his passion is a fellowship. And to manifest in the fellowship with his people. So you and I are micro tents of God. And you can call them micro tents. Some of us are a little bit bigger than that. Because of the embracing or allowing of God to move on the inside of us. Jesus in his ministry was a tent of God moving through Israel. We talked about that. Moving through Israel that people all around could come to know him. Uh, he manifests himself to the Jewish people, but others people. There was a time where some Greeks, the Bible talks about in St. John, uh, he talked about the Greeks, certain Greeks came and said, Sir, told the disciple, we would see Jesus because they saw and heard of what he was and who he was and what he did. And the manifestation of God was in his life. He manifested the glory of God. Well, the Lord said he's bringing back the tents. So, whereas we're the tent of God, but also literal tents, erected places and opportunities for God to reveal himself in a community. Now, you don't have to have a tent for God to reveal himself in a community or God to openly express himself. If you allow your church or your house or where you have your Bible study, your prayer meeting, to be to that place where you just say, God, just be God. We're not going to stick with the form or the fashion, or the religiosity of our worship. We're going to allow you just to show up and just manifest your glory in our church and in our neighborhood. You watch. God will cause your church building. I don't care if it's a storefront or it's a 20,000 seat auditorium. God will cause that place to be a tent. But I really believe that God is calling back the tent ministry because he wants to be known that God is God, and He is who He is. The glory of the, of the Lord manifests. The Word says, and we're going to get to this on this podcast or upcoming. I'm trying to get there. But the Bible says that in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it says, we have, we started reading it actually a, couple, a podcast ago. We have this glory in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power of God may be in us of Him and not of us. And actually the word there is the word treasure. And then we have to go back to what he was talking about, that the treasure was the glory of God. Now, let me read a little bit before we go to our break. We're reading here in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, 
We have a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in the dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in your heart. And it's one of the scriptures that God gave me in the sharing of this word of revelation about this 2017 being the year of the glory. So I'm going to skip down through this into the actual prophecy and just read a couple of these things so it'll be out there in the air, in the atmosphere to our listeners on the podcast. And to start, I heard God say 2017 would be the year of the glorious church. In 2017, he's turning up the glory. He's raising the platform and the voice. The power of God will seep through the pores of the church. There will be Elijah Mount Carmel-like encounters, such as in 1 Kings 18, 20, and 41. Believers, pastors, and leaders will find themselves in situations they will have to choose either to say what God says or milly down the criticism. This will not be a time for just talk of the glory, but a time to act out. Now, I want to stop right there. We'll go back and pick that up at a later time. But I want to go back and get some of these points out here. Number one, the point bullet we read again, 2017, he's turning up the glory. So, we talked about that. And as I said, we're going to get back to it. That the glory of God, the glory of God in filling his church is twofold. His glory infills each individual member because the church is twofold. The church is the body of people, of born-again, saved people who have embraced and confessed and believed and received Jesus as the Lord and Savior. It is the body of people in earth and in heaven. Just because you go to heaven, you die, somebody died to go to heaven, doesn't make them not be a part of the church. If they died in this dispensation of grace uh, of the church, they're part of the, that's the church in heaven. But the body of Christ of the church living on earth is made up of believers everywhere. It doesn't make a difference what denomination you're in. Your denomination won't save you, and your denomination won't stop you. You get it? You're not saved because you're Baptist, Holiness, Presbyterian, Methodist, or Pentecostal, Catholic, Assemblies of God, and so on and so on. That will never save you. Salvation comes on based on what Jesus did on the cross. And our believing in what Jesus did on the cross. And our receiving. See, you can believe in the devil's belief. But you got to receive what he did on the cross for you. And make him, allow him to be the Lord of your life. Hallelujah. Well, he's turning up, turning up the glory. Oh, the body of Christ as a whole. But the body of Christ is individuals. You know, each member of the body of Christ is the body of Christ. We are as a member in the body of Christ. And we're going to get to this later, so stay with us. Each individual member of the temple of God, the church, is a temple of God. God indwells his body as the Holy, the Holy Spirit indwells the body of Christ as the one that we receive instruction, move, the one that takes what we know of, know of Jesus and manifests it throughout the whole church. We talked about earlier that in Ephesians 4, he gives the church pastors, teachers, prophets, evangelists, and apostles to perfect the church, to equip the church, so the church may grow up. But in each one member of the church, the Holy Spirit lives to teach us and take the word that we hear and we read and cause that word to be distributed in our bodies, in ourselves, in our being, to help us on our everyday life. Amen. So we are temples of the ghost. Well, in either regard, God 727, he's turning up the glory. 
He's raising the platform of the voice. So whoever you are, get ready. Because in your church, now you gotta believe that. You gotta receive. You gotta God's not gonna move on, move in. He's not a bully. Even though I think we're in the time now where because of the desire and passion of those who are calling on him and believing in his word, that God is stepping in there. He's turning up his glory in places where they're not too ready for it. Oh my God. But see, I believe in every church, every local church, that in every church of the body of Christ as a whole, God has some people who are willing to move with him. We call them the remnant. The point is to get ready because God's turning. And I've seen you. I prophesied to you that you, if you love Jesus, that you have been experiencing inside of your life a greater awareness and a greater power of God. In your witness, I tell you, if you would dare open up your mouth tomorrow, today, rest of the day, whenever you listen to if you would dare open up your mouth and share Jesus, you watch the Holy Spirit will back you up and that word will come out of you in a power that you never experienced before. God is turning some things up. Like I said, if you don't believe there's a prophecy, believe it as the preaching of a teacher because he taught, he, he, he wants to do it. He says in Acts chapter 2, he said, and when the Holy Ghost came down on the first, on the day of Pentecost and the power of God rested on the people, Peter stood up and they, and all of them began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Holy Spirit showed them. Jesus said that. Jesus said it. So you can get it for Jesus. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Told them to go there to Pentecost. To on the upper room. And wait till they're endued. Filled with power. From on high. And he said this power of the Holy Spirit. Will cause them to be witnesses. In Judea, Samaria. And the uttermost parts of the earth. That, the, that the, what they needed to get the job done. To preach about what Jesus. Tell other people what Jesus. Is going to come to them. By the Holy Spirit. And give them power. Well, we're going to take another break. Oh, man, where does the time go? We'll be right back. This is Terrence Cole. I can't go back to the way I used to be Because I gotta be free Gotta see a strong me in that picture So give me scriptures so I can hear it All up in my spirit I long for unity with your presence There's none above you Father, I love you But let my actions speak louder than the words I preach Got your grace as a favor Not just for my behavior But much more than that You bless me with the Savior The Holy Spirit guides me And also he provides me With quality time He knows just where to find me And I find him And we begin to fellowship And it's a beautiful thing and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. There it is. Jesus creator, alpha and omega, there is none greater. Don't tell your hater, that inside you lives the one that testifies the truth. You need fruit, you've been born again with fruit. But don't spoil your gifts, you gotta let the Lord sit with you and shake out that which isn't true. And isn't you, you gotta do what you were sent to do and only you can do it. So get be willing to it and stay fluid. In the present, the past is past, and the future is determined by the path that we take in the now. Eternally present, eternally humble, eternally grateful, with more than a mumble. If the Lord redeemed you, who are you to keep it in? You gotta shout it and be proud about it. Jesus Christ is Lord, what that about it? Jesus creator, none greater. The Holy Spirit testifies all the prophets prophesied of his coming. So do something, cause he's coming for you when he pursues you with the tenacity of the lion. You better stop trying so hard to be good on your own. 
and just let Jesus sit on your throne. Cause he's the Lord, and he's the word that you get when your feelings are heard. The work of God is believing in him. Put on your helmet of salvation and begin. So let's praise and let's raise that name of Jesus up higher. Be baptized of the spirit and the fire. Stop being cooler. He's your ruler, your redeemer, and your maker. He wants to know that you're seeing the such. So let him know and receive the master's touch. Hello, you're back. I'm still here. We've been talking about the glory of God, and I've been reading some of the prophecy that the Lord gave at the end of last year, 2016, and we're we're in 2017 right now. And if we should turn on the 2018 and 2019 or wherever you might be listening, it's still good. It's still good stuff. You know, a lot of things that takes place, you know, and prophecy. A lot of times, you know, there's a there's a saying. I hear people talk about this, and we use it uh, quite a bit in the church circles that I'm in. And it talks about your season is coming, or this is your season, which means that the patience you've been waiting for God to do something, or there's a word of the Lord that come to you, and uh, now is the time that God is going to move. Your waiting time is over. And there's some reality in it. I was raised on a farm, and uh, my grandfather's farm, and, and I did a little bit of gardening myself as well. And we know that there is a season for when you put a tomato plant into the ground. There's a season that it takes for that tomato plant, actually the tomato seed, where you actually plant the plant, but the seed was, seed was planted first, and then the seedling comes up, and then the plant, and you plant the plant, you have to do that because you have to give that tomato plant a start before you put it into the ground on the outside. But when you do that, uh, I think it's like a month and a half of germination time for that, that tomato plant to produce a fruit of tomato, tomato fruit. Now, I tell the story a lot, and uh, my aunt, my grandfather's, the farmer's daughter, you know, the farmer's daughter, she lived with my grandfather in this farmhouse across the street, and my aunt always wanted apples. She all talked about it all the time. For years, she wanted apples. But you know something? She never got any apples. When I talk about apples, not from the store. She wanted to grow her own apples. You know, because my grandfather didn't raise orchard. He grew a crop, corn, tomatoes. He raised, he was, he raised cattle as dairy, as dairy and, and as a cattle farmer. Uh, milk and ca cattle, hogs, turkeys, and so forth like that. But she wanted apples. And so she talked about it for years, but never, never produced any apples. It wasn't until one year she decided to plant apple tree. And an apple tree is likewise the same as tomato plant. And that before you put, typically before the plant is planted, you plant a sapling of a tree. The seed of the apple is planted in a controlled environment, in a greenhouse or somewhere like that, until it produces uh, a seedling sapling and then that is transplanted, planted outside where it's strong enough to endure the environment that it can grow into an apple tree. So she did that. Well, now the difference is it takes two years for an apple tree to produce apples where a tomato plant takes a year and a half. But guess what? The tomato plants will only last one season. See, both the, 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 the apple tree and the tomato plant had a season to produce fruit. Tomato plant, month and a half approximately. The apple seed, two years to produce a harvest that was worth harvesting. I mean, a few apples would show up here and there. 
So she has so many apples that apples will just literally fall off the tree uh, and just lay on the ground and the smell of apples would just fill that whole roadside. But it had a season. So that is true. There are different seasons to produce depending on what type of fruit that you're going after, you believe in God for, in this case of talking about things of God. But here's the thing. In the kingdom of God, it's always our season. It may not look like it because what we're believing God for may seem like this huge thing. And it truly is oftentimes a process. Now, you got to be careful with that because we can get to a place where we get caught up and, well, you know, everything has a process. But, you see, we understand we don't worship and we don't put our faith in a process. We put our faith in the living God who may use a process if he wants to. He is not limited to a process. God is not limited to a germination time. I don't care if it's a month and a half or two years. There is the move of God. The process that God will always use is the process of faith. He told Noah, he said, that the earth remains. It will always be seed time and harvest. So there will always be a planting time and a reaping time. But it may not be the way you think is the point. So we don't limit ourselves to, well, you know, i got to wait two years. Oh, no. And I found out a lot, a lot of times, not all the time, people who say that it's not my season or it is my season may not because it's not the time to harvest. It might be because you haven't believed in God that it was a time to harvest. The key of harvesting, whether it's your season or you're helping somebody in their season or anything in God, is having the faith to put in the sickle. Jesus in, in Mark chapter 4, he said, when the harvest time comes, you have to put in the sickle. Well, let's move on to this. I, I sure hope this is blessing you. Talking about the glory of God. Well, this is a time of the glory of God. So if you would step out on God in Mark chapter 16, end of that chapter when Jesus gave the commission to the disciples and ultimately to all of us, because he said, these signs have followed them that believe, not just the disciples, not just the 12, not just the apostles, not just the 120 in the upper room, not just the early church, but to all that believe. He said, in my name, he said, you'll lay hands on sick, they'll get well, he'll heal them. He said that you'll speak with new tongues. See, it's in the Bible. You read it, Mark chapter 16, it's in there. After verse 8, on down. And the Lord said, uh, we'll cast out devils in his name, he said, these signs shall follow them that believe. The qualification to have God, and he tell you, you preach the gospel, people will get saved. The qualification was that you got to believe. That should be. Anytime that you believe, you're in your season. Now, I'm going to leave it alone. People get mad at me and say, leave me alone. I'm waiting on God for something. I don't believe it's time. Well, you just believe and do what you believe God's calling you to do. But I'm telling you, when you get to that time that you believe that it's it's God's time for you to do what God called you to do, then you're still going to need faith to step out and reap the harvest that God has for your life. Get this. It's by faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith in any season, from the planting of the seed to the watering of the seed, because you got to do that. you got to speak God's word to water the seed. To the harvest of the seed is going to take faith. you got to trust God. And I'm just here to tell you in this time of the glory, the season of the glory of God being turned up, that if you would just step out on God's word, I don't care if you're listening to this in a village in Africa or a city in Africa or a town in Australia 
or a, a suburb in Europe or you're somewhere in the United States in the mountains. It doesn't make a difference. If you will step out and open your mouth and declare God's glory, God will back you up every time. And we're here praying for you and believing God for his move in your life. Well, we're going to take a break. I'm going to come back. We're going to pray for you. And then we'll pick this up in upcoming podcasts. But stay tuned. And we're right back. I just have another testimony. It's about taking a risk. And it's about saying it's God's problem. So our neighbor, we're sitting out on our porch in the morning. Some mornings we're hanging out, we're having coffee, and we watch all our neighbors go to work. And they stop on our porch and they chat. And we see our neighbor come out of his house and he walks out and he stands in the middle of the street and he starts to look around. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. And he's standing there and I'm like, what's he looking for? And he's like, I could have swore I parked my car here yesterday. I'm like, no, no, you probably parked it around the corner or off the block. And he's like go look go look you forgot and he goes and he comes back no he walks up the block no I think I parked it here so we say oh maybe you had some tickets and they towed it and he's like no I'm gonna call the cops so his car was stolen so we're in the house and I'm like I said Frank you got to go and pray with him and pray that his car is going to be returned to him in perfect condition hey you know what yes We're praying it, yes. And you know what? (laughs) Then it's God's problem. I'm just doing what he said to do. What he said his word was, he'll supply all your needs, he'll hold all your diseases, all your infirmities, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, cast out demons in my name, (laughs) Then the rest is his problem. So if it doesn't come to pass, I did what I was supposed to do. It's scary, though. I mean, it's not that easy to just go and say, hey, I'm going to do it. It's like you have the voices in your head saying, don't do it. What if it doesn't happen? What if it doesn't happen? Then you're going to look stupid. You're going to make God look stupid. I always think of that Indiana Jones movie, the Holy Grail one. And they're in that cave. And there's this big chasm. And they have to get to the other side. And they're like, how do we get there? And he's like, we're just going to step. But there's nothing there. But if you step, it'll be okay. The bridge will come. And then they step. See the bridge appear? Yeah. It's scary. But you got to take the risk. Either you believe it or you don't believe it. Okay, so my point. This was a testimony, right? Frank did pray with him. He's not a believer. We don't really know what he believes. He goes, but you know what? I'll, yeah, okay, I'll agree with that. He was very open. Every day, he says, oh, you got the car back? No. Every day, got your car back? No, no. So I was sitting on the porch the other day praying, and I had my Bible, and Liam walks by. He goes, hey, guess what? I said, what? I forgot. They found my car. Put the Bible down. I was like, praise God. I'm like, where? What? What happened? They found it in the neighborhood. I said, and? I'm at, it's at my mechanic. They're just checking it out. We saw it today parked in front of his house. It looks better than when he had it. I'm like, wouldn't that be cool? They steal your car, they put new tires on, they give it a wash, they detail it, and they put it back in front of your house. That is God, right? I'm a detail guy. All of you men, did you catch the one little thing that she said? One little thing that she got the word to go pray. and She says, Frank, you need to go pray, right? That's right. Men, how many times do your wives tell you to go do something? Right, men? 
Hello, my friends, my podcast listeners. This is Terrence Clark from the Voice of One Podcast. I thank you so very much for joining in with us and listening as we journey through the Word of God. And I sure hope you don't think that this preacher is out there. Well, I am out there, so I hope you do think it. I'm just out there in the presence of God. But I just want you to know that we love you so much. And we believe our assignment is to communicate the glory of God, that God is real. This is the real gospel. It's not a religious thing. And we encourage you, if, you, if you're not saved, to get saved. Matter of fact, we want to help you with that right now. It's easy to get saved. I hope I didn't preach this gospel to you over and over again on these podcasts. But in case you missed it, let's do it again. Now the Bible says, how can they preach without a preacher? How can they hear the gospel? How can a sinner hear the gospel without a preacher? And, and this is in Romans chapter 10, verse 15, 16, 17, 18. How can they hear without a preacher? And how can that preacher preach except they be sent? Well, I've been sent by God to you. It doesn't make me better or anybody else. It's just that i got a job to do an assignment, and I love the assignment. And I want to take a moment to preach the gospel to you. You ready? It's real easy. All people who are born on planet Earth were born sinners because of Adam's sin, our first, the, the original first man that was born because of his sin. Sin passed on all men because of Adam's sin. All the whole human race became infected by sin like a cancer, like a disease. But God, who made us because he loved us so much, didn't stop there, didn't let that rest that way. God, through the person of his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, came to earth as a man, being all God and all man, took your and my sins upon him to pay our price, died on the Calvary cross because death and death was the only payment that was acceptable to pay the price of the horror of sin. And Jesus Christ did that on the cross. He did it for you and me. But guess what? He didn't stay that way. Because he had never actually sinned when he died and nailed our sin to the cross. He rose again on the third day. And he's alive. And he showed himself to his disciples and followers and told them to preach the gospel. That he's alive again. And that whosoever believes in him will not perish but live and have everlasting life. I just preached the gospel to you. You don't have to understand it. All you have to do is believe it. You know in your heart that you're a sinner. You need God. You need God in your life. You know that there's something missing. And if you didn't know before, you know it now. Because that's what the gospel does when it's preached to you. It reveals your need for the Savior. But Jesus has come to die. Jesus has come to bear your... He has bore your sin. He's come to make you born again. He's alive. So right now, if you believe that, just pray this prayer with me. Say it. Believe it in your heart as I say it and you pray it and confess it with your mouth. That's faith. If the Bible said that you do that, you will be saved. You ready? Say, God in heaven, I believe with all my heart. Firstly, I believe and I know that I'm a sinner. I need a savior. I can't save myself. I don't have enough. I never did. I never will. I can never pay the price for my sin and sin that's, that infected me. But I read and heard it preached in and from your word that you sent your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die for me, to pay my price. And you said, Jesus shed his blood for my forgiveness. You said, if I believe that, 
and receive that and confess that, I will be saved. So I'm telling you right now, Father, God in heaven, I believe that. I receive Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. Jesus, come into my life. Come to my heart. Take control. Do with me as you will. I am no longer my own. I belong to you. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you said that and you believed in your heart, you're saved. You're born again. Get a Bible and read John chapter 3 verse 16 and Romans chapter 10 verse 9 and 10. And I will tell you a little bit more. You'll see it in the Bible about what you just did. Look, I love you. Let me pray with you real quick. God in heaven, I, I think right now for these, your listeners that are listening to your word through me. I think right now for directing them this way to this podcast. And Father God, for those who just accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I just declare your word and your blood over them right now. And I think right now that light has come into their life. And now they have been made the light of God because your light is shining in them. Oh Lord, I cover them and declare they're covered with the blood of Jesus right now. And Lord, that no harm will come to them and their household. Let them be the light in their families and their community. Oh, Lord, some might be in areas where the gospel is not readily received. But, Lord, think right now that your power, that you will keep them and cause them to be a bold witness for you in Jesus' mighty name. And, Father, if they have anything wrong in their bodies, any sickness and or disease, we pray we take authority over it, command it to go. Because you not only bore their sins, you bore their sickness and disease, that with your stripes that you bore on the cross, they are healed. And any need that they might have in their life, any financial need, any need in their home, in their house, in their family, in their marriage, Father God, we pray it down that it's fixed, it's resolved, it's restored. Your blessing rests upon them. Your favor and grace rests upon them now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, thank you for listening. This is Terrence Clark. I sure hope this helped you. Be blessed and remember that Jesus Christ is absolutely Lord. You've been listening to the Voice of One podcast with Terrence Clark. Visit us at voiceofonepodcast.com to subscribe, ask questions, leave reviews, learn more, and even post testimonies because everyone has a story.